You may be seated. Thank you for joining us today. We do find ourselves in the midst of odd circumstances. Humanity tries to figure out how to contain an unseen enemy in the coronavirus. We have been told to avoid physical contact with each other as much as possible. We're not used to that. God made us to live in community. We have become unadjusted, uncomfortable. And there's a little bit of a feeling of being trapped, wondering when this is all or if it will ever end. Will there ever be good days again? This has been the cry of humanity really throughout the ages. I have good news for you. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and this, by the way, is why we keep on coming back to church week after week, because the Bible is full of good news that God has sent his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into our world to save us and our world. And this really is the story of the Bible. You see, the Bible records for us God's plan of salvation for humanity. Now, I know it sometimes uses language and words that we're not used to using in our day and age. So I want to help you understand it. And if you listen to the readings that were read earlier, there's a lot of talk about kings and thrones and kingdoms and Jesus being the king of kings and lord of lords. God loves us and he will not abandon us and promises us that the future will be great for all who put their hope and trust in him. And so I want to share with you what God our Heavenly Father wants for all of us, which is good days ahead. And this really is the story of the Bible. And so we go back to the very beginning of the Bible and we read that God made the heavens and the earth. And he alone has authority over all creation. He speaks and creation obeys. And he defines what is good and what is not so good. In other words, he alone is the king. And what is surprising is that he makes humanity in his image and he gives humanity the authority to rule. So verse 28 of chapter 1 of Genesis says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over. There's that kingdom language, which really means take care of and use it for the benefit of others. So God gives humanity authority to be part of his plan to take care of the world and each other. So far, so good. And then Adam and Eve are faced with a decision. Are they going to obey God and accept his idea of good and evil? In other words, remain under his good and gracious rule? 
Or are they going to disobey God and create their own idea of good and evil? And Adam and Eve disobey the God who created them. They sinned. And the consequences were devastating. Death and separation from God. And so what we have in the Bible is the story of humanity, particularly the nation of Israel, and its inability to do what is right. And using and abusing each other for selfish gain. You just have to read the Old Testament. It's all there in plain sight. We would all have to agree that we've done a terrible job of ruling and reigning over creation. That has been pointed out in recent years to us all. But even more important than that, we've done a terrible job of ruling and reigning over ourselves. We are the worst, our own worst enemies. And so Romans chapter 3 says it this way, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible tells us this by looking at particularly one people group, the Hebrew people, and we have their history recorded throughout the Old Testament. God would rescue them, deliver them, and the people would promise their allegiance and their obedience to him, and then a short while later they would rebel and disobey, worship other gods, and live as if God and his rule didn't matter. I mean, sure, there were some bright spots in the history of Israel, maybe during the, king, the, the reign of King David or Solomon. But after that, they went back to their rebellious ways. And so if you skim through, you come to the prophets, and so the neighboring armies like Assyria and Babylon came in and destroyed their land and took their cities and took the best of them captive. And so what we have in the end is the capital city of Jerusalem in ruins, the temple destroyed, left in ruins, and there are just a few faithful people left under foreign rule. And it seems like all hope is gone. They're confused and they're helpless. And they're wondering, deja vu, if things will ever get better again. Wondering if they will ever be free again. It sounds so familiar. It's the story of humanity. It is the story of the Bible. And God sends them a message through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And what was the good news? That a king would come. And not just any king, though. But God himself will come and redeem and restore all things to right the wrongs that have been done and to usher in his kingdom that will have no end. And so we fast forward a few hundred years and read in the gospel, the gospel of Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel, that word means good news, 
about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And that messenger was John the Baptist, and that king was none other than Jesus Christ. And a few short verses later, in verse 14 and 15, it says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So God has come in the person of Jesus Christ to redeem and restore all things. That's why we come to church every Sunday and celebrate. And Jesus teaches us a lot about God's kingdom, and it was not what everyone was expecting. Not with might or power that needs to be imposed on its subjects, but life under the rule and reign of God means loving your enemies, doing good to those who hate you, and serving and helping. And Jesus went around bringing this new life of his rule and his reign to all kinds of people. He healed the sick. He made the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He fed the hungry crowds. He was bringing peace and hope to people's lives. God was reestablishing his rule and reign in his created world. And the rulers and the religious teachers didn't like what Jesus was doing, and so they put him to death. And what's interesting is Jesus allowed it. Why? Because Jesus' kingdom was different. Jesus came to die for the sins of the whole world. He came to pay the penalty for all humanity. He came to right the wrong that was done. And that is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement. If you think about it, you know the story well. The title they mockingly put up on the cross above his head, the King of the Jews. The pla they placed a crown of thorns on his head. And they put a royal robe on him. And then they lifted him up, not on a throne, but on a cross. Jesus was in charge that day. He forgave the sins of others. And the good news now is that he has defeated death by his own death. And that he has dealt with our sin by sacrificing himself. And you know how the story goes. He rose from the dead. And he lives and reigns in the lives of his followers. He is alive. And he tells his followers at the end of the gospel, as he's ascending into heaven, he says again that kingdom language, all authority on heaven and earth is his. And he tells them to keep spreading this good news. And they did. This good news all over the ancient world, they spread. 
and we're the result of it. We are people of his kingdom. We believe in a God who saves and is in control. It is a great day because God is still redeeming and restoring, bringing faith, hope, and love to people's lives. And when Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, these words, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Baptize and teach. This is how we are part of the kingdom of God. Today, God has made young Timothy part of his kingdom. Safe, cared for, protected, and loved. And no matter what happens in this life, God promises to never leave him or forsake him. And it is all of our prayer that Timothy's relationship with God would flourish and grow deep. And so we commit to teaching him everything Jesus has commanded, just as Jesus has asked us to do. So baptism does a couple things if we talk about it in the terms of kingdom. It gives to all of us the blessings of the kingdom of God. Remember, apart from God, we tend to make up our own definition of what's right and wrong, and we sin, and we see that doesn't go good for us. And so God gives us his word and spirit to guide us into all truth. He gives us power and authority over sin, and he richly and daily forgives us all of our sins. And he gives us faith to trust him and hope to believe in a better day to come. This is a good day. Here is something else that baptism does, though. It commissions us. We're not only beneficiaries of God's grace. We are agents of God's grace. Or the Bible says ambassadors of the king. And we have been talking about this a lot lately. St. Paul explains it this way. This is what happens to us through faith and baptism. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. The life I now physically living in this tangible body is for the sake of others, being able to feel and experience the person of Jesus through me. Our lives matter a lot. And let me explain how. Is God's love and forgiveness immediately available to any and everyone? Is God present for people? Is the kingdom of God available for people? Yes, of course it is. But a lot of people don't know that. They have no way of seeing Jesus or hearing Jesus. He's kind of invisible. And they have no way of experiencing his love. People only have access to the created world of human beings that is broken. So a contact point 
was needed between Jesus' invisible presence and the broken world. And Jesus has become tangible so that people can encounter him. And he does that through us. He lives through us. God calls us to follow him. And we can't redeem and restore people. We can't save people. That's Jesus' work. All we can do is show up for our shift and be the person God created us and created us anew to be the person that Jesus is living in. So letting Jesus, letting people experience not us, but Jesus Christ living through us. Yes, we'll mess up from time to time, and God knows that, and he's prepared. And so he tells us in Romans 8, he will make all things work according to his purpose. So if we miss, miss our missional opportunities to live out our faith in the presence of others, to witness to them, we repent. That's what it means to be baptized. Life, live a life filled with the Holy Spirit guiding, giving, and when we mess up, we repent. Daily repenting of our sins and remembering he's in charge. He's our Heavenly Father. And what does God do when we mess up? He forgives us. We may not be very good at being missionaries or witnesses, but he's very good at being God. He's got this. Remember your baptism then and go be the people he has called you and created you to be. Go love like Jesus loved. And we heard those words in Matthew chapter 25. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. That is what it means to be a child of God and to let the light of God's love shine through us. Amen.